Welcome back to the Lost vs. Battlestar Galactica podcast. We're glad to have you here. In today's, in today's episode, we're going to cover why is Charlie better than Gaius? Uh, oh, thoughts, God, John? Come on, Charlie. Charlie's the best. Charlie's the greatest. What, what, what? I don't know how That's to contribute not a fair to this. comparison, right? I, like, honestly, kind of honestly the I stacked it's, the cards it's Kate for my versus favorite. Gaius, right? Or, or Locke versus Gaius. Kate. Ooh, Locke what? versus Gaius. Locke Locke, versus no, Gaius? no, Locke's better. No, Locke's, Locke's better. It's Kate. It's Kate versus Gaius. I think that's the. That's as the far favorite. as worst but, characters. But, but yeah, least, yeah, yeah. Like, as far as like who's the least likable. worst character. At the, in the first episode. Are we episode talking about bagels? Yes. Yeah. Yep. All right. Cool. Lost bagels. What's your favorite kind of bagel? Yeah, I mean, I like locks. I like locks on my, ba- <laughs> my bagels. You know, it's pretty but good. That's not a bagel. That's like a bagel dish. Listen, listen. If you ain't making putting shit on your bagels, then what well, are you would you doing? put lock? Would you put locks on a cinnamon raisin bagel? Because if you would, that's disgusting. First off, need- don't come at me about <laughs> my kinks. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that, that I was. That does though, not right? constitute kink shaming at all. <laughs> No, I do like cinnamon. And I like cinnamon and raisin bagels too, but I don't. You like cinnamon raisin salmon? You know, okay. Well, I do fine. like cinnamon raisin salmon. Uh, no, I just don't like cinnamon raisin bagels with salmon on it. That just reminded me. <laughs> I I worked with this guy for a long time at my the previous restaurant I worked at, and and he had got up to like a you know one of the managers on the line position, and like the thing is like he was a. Good worker, sense of urgency, you know, knew a lot just from being around for a long time. But he thought he was a way better cook than he was. Like, he oh. thought of himself as a chef. He was one of those, you know. It's like <laughs> no one else thought say, of yeah, him as chef a chef. To him? No. He, didn't, he didn't make me do a fucking thing. Fuck you, Pat. <laughs> oh, um, no. <laughs> wasn't my boss. He was like the third manager. Uh, I've been there longer than him. But. Okay. Uh, no, he like swore by his like secret like fish thing. Anytime he was cooking fish, he'd put cinnamon on it and be like, try that. It was really good. And like he did it. It wasn't like one time he tried something and learned from it. It's like, no, he swore by it for years and kept doing it. And it's like, stop fucking covering all this goddamn fish and cinnamon. You're not edgy. (laughs) You're not a goddamn chef. You didn't teach anyone anything new. You're just ruining good fish. I am a gastro. What would you say is the secret ingredient for fish? Like, there's so many different ways to cook I'd, so many different like, kinds I'd of meat, but, but it's not a blank fucking cinnamon is the answer. That's my point. <laughs> one true answer. <laughs> cinnamon is it, man. Well, what is your one true answer, Heath? I mean, what kind of fish are we talking about? Right. I'm, that's it's what I'm saying. Mahi, no, 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 no. I need. I, I'm. I want a single spice that will Salt. improve. Salt. No, that's <laughs> garlic. Yeah. Okay, Salt. guys. Salt garlic. number one. Pepper yeah. number two. Garlic. There's your seasoning. Butter. The problem, Zach, is that different fishes take mm-hmm. different seasonings. You mm-hmm. know, so this, what would work for tuna isn't necessarily going to work for salmon. Yeah, you know? I'm not going to put. Would work on both. I'm Garlic probably not going to put that's ginger. Not a seasoning. Mm-hmm. Isn't it though? Mm-hmm. Is it not? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put no, that's ginger a on tilapia. Butter. You know, why not? I put ginger on tuna all day. You can put anything on tilapia. Tilapia yeah. is just you know what. True shame. All right, it's Adam. Just, what would you? So like what? Come on, man. Give me something to work with. I, I can't mean, because I mean, you're asking a question too vague. that's not. Yeah, I, too it's, I can it's only too afford one seasoning for my one fish. Seasoning. What should it be? And I've salt got pepper. salt and pepper, black pepper, Frank's. I've got them already. I, I got to buy one more seasoning. 
Tony Sash. I'm broke Tony as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony Sash. Tony Sash. Dude, I mean, I, I, that's I, all I, of it. Inclined to agree, you know. <laughs> you know? I, no, I mean, like, like it does get down to because it's like, well, what kind of fish are we talking about? And then you can you can be like, okay, well, if I pick this fish, then here's two or three different ways it's really good. Like my favorite fish is swordfish, you know. But like, you don't want to cook swordfish the same way that you cook, you know, plenty of other fish, salmon in particular. I feel mm-hmm. like lemon might be. Yeah, acceptable I mean, answer. lemon is not a seasoning. No, nope, uh, it's not. Lemon pepper is a seasoning, though. Get it out. Is, but I don't like. I don't like lemon pepper. I like lemon pepper. What? Let's let's break this down then. Adam, define a seasoning for us, please. I will not. It's a, it's I won't do it. I don't owe you that. Nor do I have that, <laughs> nor do I have that definition. We're not even that close. Okay. We're not even oh. that close. Oh, no, I'm hurt. Hey, I have a really random question that I... I y'all... Right. Okay. I like to think that y'all, got, y'all are an intelligent group and you're well... Well, that was your first mistake right yeah, there. I said exactly. I like to think, but that y'all are well-rounded in various and sundry, um, you know... Pop culture references. Where is this phrase come from? You would not survive the attempt. Oh shit! I don't know, but I, I know use that. it constantly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, my grandfather uh, has said that before, um, like, and I would say that sometimes. And I remember telling that to he. I don't. I don't point. know the original. I, I've gotten it. That's where hand. I know it from. That's where I know it from. I just didn't know if somebody knew, like, yeah. like I Googled it, and it's just, like, this comic, this, like, comic book. It's, like, this old lady and this old man talking. And I was like, I've never read that before. So I'm wondering if I've received it secondhand from another piece of, like, pop culture kind of type thing. Probably. Um, I but mean, I feel like this one is like it seems a tale as old as time. You know? yeah. yeah, that one I yeah, think is yeah, old. It, and it may have been more popular. I, I just Googled it and I found the comic you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that may have helped popularize it more. But I do feel like it's it's not such a specific thing that like, you know, I mean, yeah. it's just funny to say to somebody. Yeah. And, and like, I- comedy is, you know. I don't know. It's not specific enough that it has to be like from a Fair. specific like niche Fair place. Fair enough. I'll allow it. I should know if I was missing something super obvious. It was like, yeah, that came from this show. Do you remember? Well, when you got me curious because I was like, damn, I use that all the time, and I have no idea where it comes from. If somebody I mean, does know, y'all feels, let us know because we don't have a fucking clue. It really does feel like it's from a specific something, like. I, like something big, like like a Star Wars, a Star Trek, yeah. uh, you know, like no, a big like pop culture type thing. Yeah, it's like it's, way, I think yeah. it's like part of our Americana lexicon. Like, I, I think it's like old, like like that's what I think. Hundreds, eighteen hundreds. I literally I laid in bed yeah. thinking about this, and my brain was like, maybe this is like the phrase version of that weird S symbol that we all drew, like it's in cozy. high school. Yeah. Um. You know, like nobody really knows where it comes from. Yeah, the Universal sort of. S logo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was. I it was recently there. saw a tweet, and it was a teacher, and she was like, uh, teaching abroad in France, and she was like, for one, I can't believe that my students still draw this S, <gasps> and they call it like the American S. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, is what they call <laughs> That's it. So weird. There's a 20 minute video on the exploration trying to deep dive. 
it's origins and origins. they were able to like get back to like i don't know 1533 seriously yeah if you guys want to know where like what we're talking about because i'm sure you probably do everybody, everybody knows, knows. Yes. Everybody knows. Like, even our <laughs> international <laughs> listeners probably here's, here's the thing you go to wikipedia and look up cool s Mm-hmm. And you'll find yeah. the entry for yeah. it, which is also known as the Stussy S, the Super S, Superman S, which is I don't not know, it's not it's not true at all, Universal yeah. S, the Pointy middle S, <laughs> Middle School S. Mm-hmm. The middle that's school the one. It's the That's middle it. school it's S. Middle school yeah, S. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I derailed this real hardcore, but did I it mean, on purpose. A little bit. Isn't the banter just a massive pivot? I mean, anyway, I mean, we were lost when we started, but now, but now we're found. All right, Kate, shut the fuck up. <laughs> we oh, gotta no. go back. We've gone for a little We gotta go back. We gotta go we back. We gotta go back. <laughs> so, anyways, what about yeah, that the star? The fans Ponder? are loving it. What about uh, 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42? What? No. I want somebody yeah. to make. A Starfinder logo using that S. Please, please and thank you. No problem, baby. I got you. I got you. I got you. That's the S that's used for the shadow. I've been drawing it since middle school. You kidding me? That's the S that's used for the shadow protection. The shadow. Oh yes. Yes. Start using it for STF friends now. There you go. There you go. It's one of those things but, like but Mike no, comes to cool realize ass. that like even in the shadow plane they still it turns out it actually originated a, in the shadow plane. It's a very humanizing effect. Like the, him fully accepting the shadow party is like, wow, they have the middle school S too. <laughs> it's like Martha in that <laughs> she's our cultural heritage. Mike. Cultural heritage. You're appropriating shadow culture. I do kind of want to do STF and Friends because you could do the sick ass S at the beginning and the end. <laughs> STF and Friends? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a t shirt right there. Shut I, I do too. All right. All right. We got Sorry. it. I'll hit you up, Emily, after the show. All right. Get, me, get with me, dog. <laughs> so, anyways, Fuck what with are we me, doing? DJ. Fuck with me, DJ. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, like, just like, like, hand to the forehead, like, just distraught. I feel, I feel as if I've lost control of this show. Oh, yeah. Just oh, now? No, no. Like, just okay. now? What would Kate do, Adam? Uh-uh. Get out. Here's the thing, though, Adam. She would walk wanted- between... The four of you and be like, I love you. No, I love you. No, I love you. No, I don't love anybody. I'm Kate. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, Adam. Do. Like, you're under the illusion that you had any control over I mean, any of us from the start. I did. I did. I think through all of season one, I I had reins pretty firmly in hand. Yeah. <laughs> but then that these kittens grew up, and yeah. we're full tilt cats now. You can't yeah. wrangle us. Yeah. You're just a oh. bunch of Kates. I love that Kate pulls off uh, the ever elusive relationship rhombus. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Hang on, explain. Uh, like right. a relationship triangle, triangle right. is right. like a person da- yeah. bouncing yeah, between they, two people. It's a rhombus instead. The, there was definitely yeah. a rhombus thing between uh, Sawyer, Jack, Juliet, Sawyer, and Kate. Yep. They yep. tried to do it with Anna Lucia first, but. The actress got drunk and got kicked out of Hawaii, so they had to kill her off. <laughs> Spoilers. Is that why? Is that what it is? Yeah. 
Yeah, Damn. that is that's totally why. Spoilers to the behind-the-scenes <laughs> reasoning for the firing of a cast member who was temporary to begin with. Who was on oh, a, what, 20-year-old no. show? 20-year-old spoilers I feel like here. If you haven't seen Lost by now, you're not going to watch it. You're not going to watch it. You know what? Yeah. Do yourself a favor, don't. <laughs> I mean, I disagree. And, just, and do yourself a favor and just watch Battlestar Galactica instead. Oh, hey. oh my God. Full circle, everybody. Oh. Guys, we are right, coming up on 13 minutes. Let's go. Speaking of full circle, we're playing Starfinder. Yeah. And uh, that starts with an S. Uh-huh. And you have some people that are lost. Mm-hmm. And I would like to check in with them. So what I Dude, need from all of you. Pretty Pretty good, man. That's cool. Is the wah 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 wahs because we're going into the side flash. Two middle school S's on the side flash. That was really great. Now I have to put on some music. Okay. That was great. I think this will work. Xenophany 6 sits at the console of the Epic Tracer. Or rather, a manifestation of the Epic Tracer, looking across the controls at his erstwhile friends. He sees Orin Vance sitting in the pilot's chair, his beard grayer than it was in Arellos, the wrinkles in his face deeper, looking more like scars. Yet he also sees a renewed determination in his eyes, his spirit stronger than it has ever been. Next to Oren, Madame Noriko Zivarajny leans against the console. Although Zeno is aware of the events that have transpired since he last saw them on Aurelos, and the corruption that now plagues them, he knows he will never fully understand the damage that was caused to his friends. What he does know is that whatever wounds were opened have now been closed, and the road to healing has begun. After extracting Ziva from her nightmarish loop and repairing their spiritual tethers, Orin and Ziva embraced for a long time. Long enough, in fact, for Zeno to manifest this version of the Epic Tracer as a relatively safe place for them to rest and make their escape plans. His control over the Rune Drive and their nightmarish prison has grown with the presence of Ziva and Orin, and although Zeno doesn't fully comprehend the how or why of those facts, at this point, he is more concerned with using this power to help them escape. What he has sussed out, however, is that Mordrin has amplified a powerful mindscape, using the Rune Drive's extraplanar qualities to house this nightmare prison and employing rather impressive planar binding magic to keep the android and his friends trapped within. What Mordrin didn't anticipate is that Zeno's code was burned into the rune drive so many months ago. He may be an accomplished dream sorcerer, but the Svartalfar underestimated the dynamic connection between technology and magic, and certainly had no knowledge of Zeno's particular relationship with the drive. As his understanding of this system grows, so too does his confidence that they may actually be able to turn the rune drive's power against Mordrin. After clarifying a few of his calculations, 
Zeno finally looks up to his friends and addresses them. Orban, Siva, I hope you are as rested as you can be because the time has come for both of us to make our escape. I have been studying these readings and the magic binding us here, and I believe I have reached an understanding of how we became trapped. I will not bore you with the details, but in short, Mordrin is using the power he gained from Dr. Gregant's corruption to keep us bound to this plane, which he created within the rune drive. I have actually read some of Mordrin's thoughts via feedback created from this mindscape, and I have a clear idea of what his plans are. He is taking us to an Hebraic temple that has been desecrated in the name of Zon Kuthon. He plans to deliver you, Ziva, to the high priestess there and likely kill Oren and myself afterward. We are close to arriving at this temple now. While he is under the effects of the shadow corruption, he will be too powerful for the three of us to defeat, and that's to say nothing of the potential strength of a high priestess of Zonkuton. Therefore, we will need to use Mordrin to defeat this priestess while he still has the power of the corruption flowing through him. This is where you two will come in. You will need to channel all of your telepathic abilities into this console, which I have created to serve as a control panel of sorts for the rune drive itself. Again, I will not belabor the specifics, but I do believe this will serve as an appropriate conduit. When a Morgen approaches the temple and the priestess, he will have to lower his defenses for just a moment as his intent is scrutinized. During this time, the two of you must channel with all of your might to force Mordrin to mind-thrust the priestess, killing her then and there. This will surely evoke Mordrin's ire and hopefully draw him into this plane in anger, giving us our opportunity to defeat the Dream Prophet. But you said he's too juiced up on shadow corruption for us to defeat. What good's it gonna do to kill the priestess if we're still trapped in here with him? Yes, for that, we must have faith in Michael. Mikhail, what... how can he possibly help us? I have spoken with Michael in his dreams. He is in Dr. Gagant's domain. The veil between dreams and reality is thin there, as you two well know, and soon they will be in the doctor's lab. I have given Michael explicit instructions to find the source of the corruption and destroy it at all costs, stripping Mordrin of his newfound power and us of our corruptions. But that's a suicide mission. How is he going to do that all by himself? He is not alone. Before we became trapped here, I traveled with some Kyles, twins, native to the Shadow Plane. These twins are themselves quite powerful and are equally invested in ridding the universe of Dr. Gregant. Michael is also supported by one Kuiper Vargas and a combat droid named D. But what about Fel? Unfortunately, I do not know of Felino's whereabouts, but he is not with Michael. Orin and Ziva's faces fall, but Zeno quickly adds, I will say that I have a strong feeling that he is alive somewhere. I cannot explain it, but I have the sensation that he is calling to me. However, it is faint and inscrutable. For now, 
We must focus. If my plan fails, we will certainly fall to Zonkothon, and Ziva will lose everything to him. We must defeat the priestess, Mordrin, and this temple, for Dr. Gregant's corruption will be child's play compared to the machinations of Zonkothon. Unfortunately, Ziva, this will be painful, and will push you to the very brink of your corruption. You may have healed your connection with Arin, but all of us are still consumed by shadow, you most of all. Your soul still hangs in the balance. You must use your pain to its full extent to free us and yourself from this prison. Ziva looks at the android for a long time, and then to the mystic beside her. Arin returns her gaze with steely-eyed resolution and grits his teeth. I got your back, Cap, and so does Zebra. You're my captain, my friend, and I'll be damned if I let Mordrin, Dr. Gregant, or Zonkuthon himself lock you up and steal your soul. Nah, it ain't going down like that. You're nobody's puppet. So let's get the fuck out of here and show him who Madame Ziva really is. Well then. Yeah. 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 We got Yeah. Um. Things are things are heating up. Things are happening. Moves are being made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we are getting close to the end. I know I keep talking about it, but seriously, like, this has been a, this has been a long journey yep. for not only the characters, but I think us as players, us as friends, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot writing on the next few episodes. Yeah, you fuck it up, Adam, and it's over, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's all on you, Adam, not at all on us. <laughs> Not even a little. Uh, hey, yeah. This my flaw. Oh, be the no, flagship <laughs> show. I take it no. all back. I'm just uh, kidding, man. Hey, hey Adam. Yeah. You're doing great. You're doing yeah. great. <laughs> but, um, but for real, for real, Adam, you are doing fantastic. Yeah. No, you actually are. Like, yeah. unironically. Yeah. yeah. No, like, I, 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 I was saying it being shitty, but, like, truly. I, I, I very much appreciate it. It does, it does uh, my heart well and my mind well to hear that. But it's you guys are the are the reason why, right? Like, you know, like I couldn't do any <laughs> of this without God. without y'all's buy-in and assistance. You know, um, Zach, I remember very clearly. I don't remember when, but I do remember <laughs> the conversation <laughs> super clearly uh, <laughs> with the clarity remember, of a soothsayer. <laughs> I remember having the conversation. I was like standing out. Uh, I called you on my way home from work. Um, I remember texting you like, "Hey, I want to, I want to call you and talk to you about something." And I can't imagine what you might have thought that was going to be. Um, you never know the, when it's yeah, like, right, you, right. talk, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I called you, and I paced outside of my back door because we talked a little bit. I got home, and we were still talking. And I was pacing outside my back door as I was kind of presenting the very uh, origins of this idea uh, uh, of Warren and, and Ziva not being part of the main party. And 
I was I was so nervous, and your I was really nervous what you were gonna think about it, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I was afraid that you were gonna be real, not into it at all. And I I remember what you said to me is, well, Adam, I I don't know how you're gonna do it. I think it's a cool idea. I trust you to take us there, and here we are. You know what yeah. I mean? And like you have you. Emily with Ziva, my God, I couldn't have asked for a better, like, buy-in to the corruption mechanic <laughs> than I got from you. Um, and, and then, you know, Heath being willing to, willing, like he didn't relish relish playing, it, yeah. playing, playing the, the, a villain in uh, Mordrin. Uh, and then Twist. it killed it with that, though. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and, and Josh, uh, being really, really flexible with with D and Fell, and really letting letting that kind of fall in a natural, organic way, and then of course John, all the way back to the beginning with Zeno, giving giving me that trust with that. So I appreciate you guys say I'm doing great, but I will amend that to say that we are doing great, and I'm very excited to see where this goes. And for that, I will give you guys a round of inspiration. Oh yay! That was the whole plan. Good job, guys. <laughs> you're you're yep. a blessing. It's all about farming inspirations. Out. I was completely yeah. out of inspirations, you know? Yeah. So. Hey. Uh, Same. Let's, let's start with where it all started. John, roll a d6. All right. That is a three, my guy. A three. So it's just going to be a general. What I need you to do is just kind of tell me when to stop, Okay. Stop. All right. Oh, we got a Alex inspiration. Ooh. All right. Okay. Um, Thank you. you know, these these can go. I was just to say, assuming you, but they're always a treat. Oh, right. it's the Giordano. Okay. Yes, yeah, it's, the, it's the Giordano version. Um. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> All right, this one's for you, buddy. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, tone. Uh, Oh, goodness. You startled me. Hello there, young buccarini. (laughs) You remind me of my dead son. He was delicious. Oh, no. (laughs) Yes. Those were the days. Wait, where am I? Who are you? What year is it? You remind me of my dead son, Bartholomew. He fed the whole village during the flood. Wait, where am I? Who are you? I miss my son. That's your inspiration. Oh my god. Do you feel inspired? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like. I fucking love you, Alex. It's like. I want to make a a character off of this now. But did you read the assignment? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Creativity. You turned in something. Um, (laughs) Zach, let's go with you next. Hold me a d6, please. Who? Zach. Oh. Oh, okay. Can do. Can do. Five. Five. Not quite hitting uh, no, that. No, personnel. Um, okay, so... Oh, hey. Uh, oh, yeah, you got to just kind of tell me when to stop. Now. Okay. Well, we got a a new contender enters the ring with an inspiration from Wayward. Hey, oh. Wayward. Hey. Nice. What's up? 
Oh boy. <laughs> He's just like grinning. <laughs> He's tickled him. Adam's face. Along the shore, the cloud waves break. The twin suns sink behind the lake. The shadows lengthen in Carcosa. Strange is the night where black stars rise, and strange moons circle through the skies. But stranger still is lost Carcosa. Songs that the Hyades shall sing, where flap the tatters of the king, must die unheard in dim Carcosa. Song of my soul, my voice is dead. Die thou unsung as tears unshed shall dry and die in lost Carcosa. Excerpt from Casilda's song in The King in Yellow, Act 1, Scene 2. Wow. Wow. Come awesome. die with me, little yeah, priest. Die with me, little priest. <laughs> <laughs> Give them the snaps, man. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, wayward you, really wayward. testing my poetry delivery there. Oh, you did good, uh, Adam. I was proud of you. <laughs> nice. Thanks, Wayward. Uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, again, you turned something in. I don't know how inspiring that is, but it was really, really cool. <laughs> it, w- so, it was a thing. It was that, very, that was very a thing cool. that happened. Now yeah. you just got to find your way off of Lost Carcosa. You know? Got to go back. Uh, got to go back. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's go with Heath next. Roll you a d6, buddy. All right. That is a one. Hey, that's a personal. Hey. Nice. Uh, yeah, very nice. Uh, Heath, I need you to roll a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, an eight, a, a d8. Uh, I, don't, I don't have enough to just, just doom scroll and say stop. <laughs> well, well, no, the personals are all a little bit shorter, so... Hmm. Uh, D8, you said? I did. A four. A four. This is going to be... Please don't be Alex Giordano. Please don't be (laughs) Alex Giordano. (laughs) You scared, bro? You scared? Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, this one is from Jimmy T. Jimmy T. Oh, nice. A random lyric from your training music playlist pops in your head. Yeah, I got some hell to pay, yeah. I steal your thunder. The joy of violent movement pulls you under. I don't okay. know that lyric. I like that's it. from from a song, so I didn't know how to got sing it. it well, but. your delivery kind of probably ruined it. <laughs> oh. um, he did no. some good on delivery before that. It's balanced. I don't know where this from one more time, Adam. Yeah. A random lyric from your training music playlist pops in your head. Yeah, I think the purpose was to Google the lyrics. Right. Cool, cool, yeah. cool, 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 I wanted cool, to know what it was. But the delivery was on point for that one. You couldn't understand me? No. That, what is uh, that called? Grindcore or something? Yeah, or gore? Just like gore? A, screamo. Just, no, Vesk Metal. That's no, Vesk no, Metal. Vesk Metal. So it's a Lamb of God song. The words are... Yeah, got some hell to pay, ya. Yeah. I steal your thunder. The joy of violent movement pulls you under. Mm. That feels more like Rage Against the Machine, you know, like kind of hip hoppy. So the thing is, like, we all have actual playlists. It is like, two by four by Metallica. Oh, oh. okay, that's oh. why. Look, hey, Jimmy T, you're the man. Yeah, get some I hell appreciate to pay, it. Y'all. <laughs> 
Adam's acting out what I'm about to say, uh, which is, while I very much appreciate that, I will admit I fucking hate Metallica. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. Hey, would you rather me be honest or nice? I, I, I am... <laughs> Why not? Depends on the context, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess well, so, I guess. there are many contexts. You may not know me, but my name's Heath Parker. <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> there are lots of contexts where both is not a possibility. Shy. Shy. Uh, no, I really do appreciate the inspiration, and I am, in terms of the lyrical content, whether or not I like Metallica, more inspired, I feel, than the last two. Fair. <laughs> Fair. You can get that going for you, for sure. Yeah. Thank you, Jimmy uh, T. All Jimmy right, T. Josh. Roll a d6, my friend. That's gonna be a six, my dude. Hey, another personal. Poisonal. 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 I fucking love y'all. Roll roll a d8 for me. Uh, I'd say four. So the exact same roll that Heath had. Oh, shit. Another Alex G. (laughs) I dodged the bullet. I got out the way so it could hit you right in the face. (laughs) Fucking chaos. Can I re-roll my D8? Well, if it isn't fucking Josh fucking walking around all handsome and shit. Oh. Ooh, look at me. I'm Josh. Blah. I'm cool and everybody loves me. I'm just <laughs> I'm well respected and everyone is happier when I'm around. I brighten a room when I enter it. <laughs> I'm Josh. That's what you sound like. Have inspiration. <laughs> I feel very inspired. I, I do. I do. I, um, I love it. Yeah. So I don't feel that way about myself at all. Well, you better be right, son. That's that's, that's the old uh, bury the compliment lead under a fucking Uh skyscraper, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I really do have fun, like, having to completely improvise how to read these. Oh, I'm... That's the the game, right? Mm -hmm, Right, right. mm -hmm, mm All right, Emily. Fun game. Okay. Our our crowning star and also... Our most corrupted piece of shit on this podcast. Now that's accurate. Okay. <laughs> what am I rolling? A six. Oh, six. Uh, oh, that's a one. Hey, look at you getting a personal. How? <laughs> I need Ow. you to roll a d6. <laughs> a d6. Yeah. That's a four. four. Oh, a tiny four. confetti. <laughs> All right, this one's coming from Jay Laptop. Jay Laptop. Uh, I sorry. thought you were going to say J-Lo for a second. Point something. Yes, hmm? point something. In the current something. iteration. Yeah. Yes, our 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 patron our patron, Jennifer Lopez. Yes. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez. Shakira's coming soon. <laughs> Bro, if Shakira became a pe- dude. I lose Bro, my I, love Shakira. I would unironically like fangirl so like if Shakira totally. became yeah. a patron totally. and was open about it, it'd be like yeah. Let's go. Get SCF friends guest right there. I'd be like, we need, we need the Shakira STFU and the STF and friends spot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, up, from Shakira. Jason Laptop. If you're on the right track, mm-hmm. you will get run over if you just sit there. Now go on. Get them. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I, I ain't played a get him get him kind of character yeah, in a minute. Minutes, we had a get him <laughs> in this party, yeah. Yeah. One day, That's maybe. All, who knows? It might change, right? Fingers right, right. crossed. I guess. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what a 
lovely round of inspirations. So Did we get one for John? I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did yeah. I miss that? I, I guess went that was, to, I was the first first one. one. Oh, okay. The first one. Yeah, it said. Uh, I don't know what's going on, man. I'm just. It said, just give me fuel, give me fire, give me double double side. Whiskey in a jar roll. Okay. Bless it. You know what? You know what? This is. Look, I hope that all of you listeners realize it's just this kind of episode. Uh-huh. Um, so I want you guys to talk much. Yeah, yourselves we haven't recorded in a week, beer. so. Yeah. <laughs> Adam's Did you hear me? No, what? No, because Josh, I mean, John always talks over me. I do. No matter when I talk. <laughs> it's part of the brand, man. <laughs> I'm currently doing it right now. I he said, really talk came among- out of his shell. <laughs> t- talk amongst yourselves while I go get another beer. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. In the in the honor of uh, talking amongst ourselves, we've done uh, one flashback and a fuckload of banter, and we are forty five minutes. <laughs> yep. Are we? Are you serious? Oh yes. my god! That is. That'll be, that'll be, that'll be fewer disgustingly minutes. long. A lot of the, no, a lot of that's going to be cut because we had to do the yeah, we had uh, to corruptions yeah. and and all that. Like, oh yeah. It's, I'd We're realistically we still, at like 25 or 30 minutes. Oh, I'd, say, I'd say 30, a solid 30 of mm. just, just hot mess, just just shenanigans. Look, you know. y- listen, man. Who's mad, know? though? Yeah. Who's mad? Nobody. Not me. Have we, are <laughs> Not you entertained? Oh, no, we're running a little long. <laughs> <laughs> are you not entertained? Um, did I tell y'all that I got a Galaxy uh, projector? You wow, mentioned that's that. really oh, yeah, uh, that's advanced oh, yes. technology. Yeah. I was thinking like Samsung Galaxy actually... projector, like they oh, make no. those. No, projects yeah. a whole galaxy. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's mostly like a, it's like a strobe light that puts the yeah. galaxy on your right. Walls. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... I have a Galaxy S twenty two Ultra, and it's got a projector. <laughs> you know really, what, listeners? You can't hear this, but I'm doing the old jerk them off motion. <laughs> 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 that's what I was doing in the uh, RZ. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't appreciate that. I looked up at the screen as that. Did was you really? Read. Heath, you did. Yes, you, he gave I did the, the oh, finger yeah. in the hole. <laughs> That's the gross. whiskey in the jar. No, <laughs> I'm so glad you guys take all this so seriously. It's really, it's really we nice do, Adam. That you, that you respect all uh, all the work that we put into all this. All the work. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Let's do another Heard round of inspirations cats. for this. Okay. Not taking it seriously <laughs> is the work. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, okay. the secret. It's secret sauce. It's like lemon pepper on fish. No. Uh, Cinnamon. <laughs> Cinnamon on fish. Cinnamon, Cinnamon on, on fish. fish. That's what they do in the shadow realm, you know? I, I do believe so, that is. Adam, what year, month, and location did fish play Cinnamon the best? They did play Cinnamon Girl by Neil Young in nineteen ninety eight. My, they also, I knew they also did the Cinnamon Donuts at MSG night. Oh, straight up, yes. So, so I knew I was being shitty with that comment, but I also knew. No, no, no. I also knew that you would have something legitimately valid to come back with. Yeah, he would have a response for that. You know what, my man, Josh. I'm gonna Take give you an inspiration. I'll take it. I'll a take fish it. Inspiration. And, and, yep. and, and listen, the, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to our patrons, but this is legit just gonna be a fish inspiration. Uh, so, oh, no. 
Is it? Is it something to do with possum? Are you gonna pick some lyrics from a fish song? Yeah, it's not gonna be something he draws. Run like an antelope. It's the one time they jokingly covered Metallica. No. Uh, no, here's the lyrics. Washed well, up on a shore. I'd like to live beneath... Hey, uh, wait, I gotta do it in D's voice. There you go. Washed up on the shore. I'd like to live beneath the dirt. A tiny space to move and breathe. Is all I would ever need. I want to live beneath the dirt. Where I'd be free from push and shove. Like all those swarming up above. Beneath your heels, I'll spend my time. Shout your name into the wind. I'll wiggle in earth and dew. Shout your name into the wind, and sometimes I will think of you. It's very Father Gloom. It's very Father Gloom. Who do you think gave D his voice? That's true. Like, that's where it came from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. Adam. There's a fishpiration for you, buddy. (laughs) My dude. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, what song was that? We talked about fish and lost in this episode. Uh to answer your question, that was dirt. Okay, I made some assumptions, but I like the clarification. How dare you, John? <laughs> no, that was so much better than just dirt. That, that's the name of the song. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm telling you, dude, it was dirt. It's dirt. total dirt. It's totally dirt. Ow. It was totally dirt. <laughs> Uh, okay, look, you know, we're, we're like 40 minutes into this episode and we haven't done anything. No. Um, God. We're killing it. No, we had a very good we had a great flash, flash sideways. sideways. We did we have did. a good flash sideways. Um, and we got around to inspirations. You guys have this book. Uh, and, you know, normally what I would have done was write a bunch of flashes to give you Dr. Gagant's whole life story. But with all the things going on, I like with all the other flashes and stuff, I just didn't, I don't know. I just didn't want to do it. I'm just being straight up. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that. Here's how we're going to treat the book. First of all, what I want to do is go back through the heart and talk about the different rooms in the heart and talk about where those memories came from. And then as you continue to progress through this dungeon, I will give you the, uh, the background to each room. Mm-hmm. Before I do that, I would like y'all, if you have any, to ask me any questions about Dr. Gagant because you have her whole life story in your hands. How old is she? Is there anything particular you want to know? How old is she? Well, she was like in her early 40s when the event happened in her lab on this asteroid. Um, and the event was that she dabbled a little bit too much in crossing magic and technology and pain and pleasure and everything and created an implosion into the shadow plane, which killed her and everybody in her. Well, I won't say it killed her because she's not undead, but it dismantled her and recreated her in shadow form. Uh, and that's when she got trapped on the shadow plane in this uh, asteroid, which you're where you're at. Uh, I will say this, that her whole motivation comes from both of her parents suffered from terminal diseases. I think we covered this a little bit before, but both of her parents suffered from terminal diseases that she tried very hard to attend to, but they suffered greatly. And no amount of 
magic or technology could ease their pain. And that's where she got her initial desire to research and find ways to mitigate pain. Um, so she's a technomancer then? Uh, yes. Yes, she is. Um, and she then got approached by several people who were interested in her work, but she had several failures along the way um, because it's not an easy thing to do. And she got more and more and more desperate and got further and further involved in more dangerous magic and stuff like that. So what I'll do is I'll go through the heart rooms. Okay. And then if you guys have any questions beyond that, feel free to ask. It's an open conversation. It's a very different style of delivering exposition, but I just wanted to try it out. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, um, (laughs) So let me just start with the heart gates because these are much more abstract types of things. Okay. So as we talked about a little bit, you know, each, each one of the heart gate rooms seem to have a particular emotion associated with it. And I will say that most of them were her good emotions that were extracted from her the further into the shadow corruption that she got. Uh, so with the acceptance of self room where her altar was, um, it was harvested from her sense of serenity, her peaceful acceptance of self image. She often saw herself as a failure, especially in her professional career and spent the last decade modifying her physical form so it was not difficult for her to cut any kind of self-acceptance out of herself and manifest it as a wall. It's part of the, so the heart gate is like her removing parts of herself. You know, the tether is just child's play compared to what she did to herself to protect her shadow lab. So she got rid of any peaceful accepting of who she actually is and created that chamber that had the altar to her. Okay. okay. Um, huh. Then there was the area where I'm sorry that that I'm sorry that room was the mirror room. Okay. Yeah. The yeah. mirror room, the love and em- love's embrace was where the space asparagus were. That was the altar, and th- this was born from any love that Doctor Gregant had in her heart. Uh, Pretty much that emotion, for all practical purposes, died with her parents. Um, she threw herself into research. She never felt the need to pursue any romantic relationships at that point. She had very few friends, but it was mostly just her peers. Um, and she never truly felt close to any of them. So again, an easy emotion for her to cut out. Um, the next one was her gratitude. Um you know, and there's not a lot of deep story with that. It was just her sense of being thankful was cut out, and that's where you guys had to do the whole like pods and switch out the gear and and all that mm, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, the compassion of death, which is where the steward was trapped in her ever looping aging process with all the tombs. Um, I think this was probably the hardest for her to get rid of. Because she did truly feel compassion when it comes to death. Like her parents Mm -hmm. 
were finally at peace when they died and as difficult and traumatic as it was for her to lose her parents she understood that sometimes death is easier than living Mm -hmm. you know um and it unfortunately that atrophied soon after she was forced to accept eclipse innovations funding as she was killing a bunch of people who didn't actually need to die Mm -hmm. uh for her research um and then I think that's pretty much it. You know, the the wound itself is basically just representative. The gaping maw, mm-hmm. as, as I like to say, mm-hmm. you know, as I, as I like to phrase it, uh, is just representative of, of the hollowness that's left in her with all these good things carved out of her. Um, I think you already know what the patient was in the last room that you were in. It was her two parents. Yes. You know, yeah. and then in here... This room represents her failures in the corporate world and constantly failing to meet the expectations of her funding. So, I don't know. I Maybe it would have been cooler to do flashes and all that, but I just wanted to kind of have an open conversation with you guys about that and be kind of straight, straight up with you guys because it's a cool dungeon that otherwise you wouldn't really get to appreciate all mm-hmm. the context, you know? Right. Yeah. There's not yeah. like some just piece of paper just lying around. There, there, there was legitimate thought that went yeah. into yeah. construction of this uh, environment. I'm so glad what are your thoughts? What, yeah, what are your thoughts on, on, on all this, you know? I just have one question that I don't know if it's in the book or not, but I really need to know. Same. Mm-hmm. What's Dr. Grigant's secret, uh, like, fish seasoning? God damn it! <laughs> Before you even said it, I was waiting on it. Um, uh, I have the answer. Your face, dude. Hate, it hate is bitterness. Pain. Hate and bitterness. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pain. So, so, so I time. love so lemon pepper. I, lemon Zach, pepper. I love mm-hmm. that delivery. Even afterwards, for like. 15, 20 seconds waiting for a response. No smile, no, no grin, yeah. just I deadpan. I was committed. Like, that was great. God, it was good. I, I have Every a, now a, and then, I got him. Um, then we fall apart. Um, I have a question. Okay. What the fuck was the... And this, obviously, is not explained in the book, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. the mentor, what was it doing here? It's a fake creature? Yeah, great question. Very In the conference room. Used. So the mementor was partially how she extracted these feelings. These, oh. you know, the mementor mm-hmm. was memory a tool memory theft, to like. Yeah. So and think about this too: the chicken raptor that you fought, which you still don't know the name of because none of you guys passed the the check. <laughs> nope. Sorry. It's in the journal, though, right? Obviously, uh, it's in the it, journal. It, it's it's not really. You bastard. Damn it. Horseshit. <laughs> it doesn't say here in the thing that it is, so it can't be. No. So then uh, it is. No, here, I'll tell you because it <laughs> literally makes no difference if you know the name of this creature or not. It's called a Shadrav. So there you go. Um, Googling Shadrav now. Please don't. <laughs> don't kidding. do it. I'm kidding. I'm please not. don't do that. Um, so what I will tell you that is the book tells you that she has more than one oh. in this facility um, and that she's using the Chadra's particular strange abilities where if you get wounded by one you can see into the material plane Yeah. so she's allowing herself to be wounded by these to spy on you 
Oh, you know, shit. Sneaky, what? sneaky, what? Dr. Gregant. What up there? What up there? Oh, you're just now figuring that out? I mean, like, I knew it, but also. <laughs> hey, what's her first name? Uh, Listana. Yeah, Listana. Yeah. LL Cool J. I knew it was an L word, and I was like, Listana Gregant. Yes. Uh, John, what do you think about all this? I mean, you've had the longest awareness and connection to Gregant. You know, obviously, Zeno's not here, right? Sure. But I just want to know what you think about Gregant. And because Zeno's experience with Gregant wasn't a bad one. And that's the thing is, is that my, my, I have more experience to to say that uh, has been with, well, rather Zeno's experience with Gregant has been more good than what we're experiencing, you know? So, I mean, obviously there is that schism between Kuiper and Zeno and me in the middle of knowing like uh, Gregant's pre and post corruption. You know, and I mean, yes, we are getting into a deep dive into uh, Gregant, um, Gregant's humanity, you know, if you will, or lack thereof, and there, and then proceeding to the lack thereof afterwards, you know, and I mean. So you might it's, say her loss of humanity her loss would be a succinct humanity. way yeah. of putting that. Huh? Yeah, that would be a very succinct way. Thank you, and. Um, the way that it's being revealed here through this heart actually being not just a physical manifestation but it's metaphorical and in its aspects too as to like how she's shedding every last remnant of humanity to seek gain perfection in the same way as the Velstrakian method would be you know and it's just it's it's tragic. It's very, very tragic. You know, it's almost poetic in its tragedy here. Because, you know, she sat and tried. And tried so much. And still, you know, I mean, we've all tried and tried our hardest at something. And sometimes it just doesn't work out, you know. And unfortunately for her, she just chose a really fucked up path, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She chose. She made a bad decision. Okay, Josh. There's some parallels here to Gorgant's story and Kaon Reese's story, in the sense mm-hmm. that they were both just people who who were trying. Is that my cat? Is that, I think it is Luna. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. No, that's Kuiper again. He wants his uh, fishy kitty. <laughs> His bowl's half empty. I want my gibbo. Starving. <laughs> my water has been sitting still for too long. <laughs> Why have you not yet bought me a fountain? Look at my cat. Look at my cat. Listen to my cat. Um, so, so yeah, Josh. You know, what are your thoughts as as you, Josh, not as your characters? What are you? I, I know that you've struggled with a lot of the motivations of the enemies of this adventure, you know, um, what do you think? I mean, I, I, I don't know because it's, there are a lot of parallels between Gregant and Kaon. And like, I, I feel like that's wholly intentional because Kaon was 
corrupted by Gorgot's influence. Mm-hmm. But it really just feels tragic for the sake of tragedy. You know, like these people who didn't want these terrible things to happen to them, but fell into it and succumbed to it, probably with good motivations to start. Mm-hmm. And then slowly slipped and fell, and and one thing led to another, and the next thing you know, they're like just just ruining things for other people. So and on that note, I well well like okay, I, go ahead, I, go ahead. I I kind of have a bit of like I I absolutely have sympathy towards Kaon Reese because he was a guy he he was a good a really good person trying to do the best that he could for those around him that got pulled into something you know kind of like some like a like a good person getting pulled into a pyramid scheme mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just getting hoodwinked yeah and i feel like similar has happened with gregant and like it started from a not terrible place and has has been pulled and twisted and distorted into something awful you know, so, like, yeah, I struggled in the beginning with, I guess, the motivation of mm-hmm. it because of, like, how could somebody so good and so wholesome fall? Mm-hmm. But over the last, like, however many months, I get it, mm-hmm. you know. Well, that brings us to Emily, who is kind of the next in the domino chain of somebody who got wrapped up in corruption. Dealing with the wrong crowd. Yeah, right. And like, you, you, more than anybody in this campaign, experienced as a player the realities of trying to do something for, for good. Like, you were trying to do me a favor by leaning into this corruption you know if i'm just going to speak a little meta here right like your intents were good and resulted in a horrible outcome for you yeah you know like it i just find it interesting the parallels through all three (laughs) all all this is is quite interesting and and i think it's worth taking this pause that we're taking to to discuss it because you're very close to confronting all of it you know i mean to kind of what you said there like me, Emily, the human, the mm-hmm. player. I mean, we, we've talked about this a little bit before. That, you know, after the session where you know, Ziva cut the tether, in particular. Like, that, that moment where things shifted. I, as a player, like, that night had to come apart. You know, like, I mean, I cried. I felt like I had made a terrible decision for the podcast, for the crew. Thought I had alienated my character and myself and immediately was thinking like, oh, I did this. I, I done, done, good. done, done, <laughs> done, done it. <laughs> um, but of course, we, we talked about it and we, you know, uh, it's always important to check in with your table. And Adam, that's one of the things I'm really, really grateful that you do a lot of the time. Like, even on air, you know, we're like, mm-hmm. let's let's check in with, uh, you know, players, characters. But, you know, from, from the Ziva point of view, so much has been tested 
for her, I, I think, as as a not a, not as just a character, but like her character mm-hmm. uh, has been put to the test in a lot of this, and things have certainly been, you know, her boundaries have been pushed. Some of them have been snapped, um, and and I think she's in a really she's in a she's in a much better place since she's reconnected with Orin, but there's still this sense of begrudging acceptance of what she's done and how everything is kind of played. And then for like Tina, I mean her whole worldview was turned upside down, you know? The corruption has literally murdered her family, her, you know, just dozens and dozens of the people she cares about and you know she felt it when she was in like that that little circle with Mordrin you know like that actual bombardment of corruption everything this Gregant this woman you know has put upon her and her family and has ruined completely broken her like spiritual connection with with her once deity um, I mean, she she's accepted that she can't be a Kuthite, but she 100% blames Gregant for that. Mm-hmm. Um, character-wise, well, we all fucked up, and player-wise, Emily's ready for this to be resolved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, on the other end of the spectrum, we have uh, Heath with Mordrin, who actively, like... Was trying to get that? Yeah. It, well, oh. Okay. All right, <laughs> <laughs> All right Emily. Sorry, All I'm right. done. I'm done. I'm done. Um, that that Mordrin actively seeked that power, that corruption. He there there was he was not a good person who was roped into some bullshit. You know what I mean? Like this, he he embraced it. Looked for it, found it, and is using it. Heath, how do you feel about all this? Uh, I don't know. It's funny, like, the way you kind of introed my reflection session uh, is similar to how I was going to as well. Like, I've played Mike, and, like, I've played Mordrin, so, uh, I don't know, it's weird, like, whereas everybody else, like, has this two-character experience, which which I do too, like, it's a very different experience because... Mordrin, even prior to, like, being revealed or, or really even us knowing that he was a villain, had the mind of a villain, right? So, whereas I, I think at least for some of the rest of the party, like, this journey of Dr. Gregant and Kayon Reese from, like, reasonable, uh, even good person to the extremes that they went, like, this this kind of whole thing is designed to to make you recognize that and even maybe be sympathetic to it but being that I that I play Mike and that I played Mordred neither one of them contribute to that sympathy whatsoever right and 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 that kind of shores up my kind of view of it like yeah even if they started as good people with good intentions like at some point they crossed a fucking line that I can't get with and fuck your sympathy and fuck the ends justify the means like you became a goddamn monster and I don't have any 
parents' dead tears for you. Like, get the fuck out of here. What you became is a sack of shit. You, like, do have parents' dead tears. I have dead parents, (laughs) and I'm not a fucking monster. (laughs) Right, right. Right? Tell us how you really feel, Pete. Well, I mean, like, you know, I, I, I do think it's it's an interesting story and, and you know, well-crafted as well. But if it if its goal is to make everyone feel sympathy for these characters, then in that, at least with me, it failed. Because, like, I think those characters are interesting and also fucking unredeemable. Get yeah. the fuck out of here. K.R. Reese can, can, can get out of here and so can... Uh, Dr. Grigat. <laughs> yeah, John can too for Johnson yeah, over for there. That. Like, well, actually. <laughs> well, actually. I mean, I don't know that these characters like Kayon and Grigant are intended to be seen as, um, you know, I salvageable. Think Kayon, I think Kayon was because he was truly a good person who literally just went to the wrong place at the wrong time. Absolutely. Yeah, Dr. Grigant. Made some Actively choices. Yeah. yeah, she made yeah. some. She made some choices that were questionable. She, in her conscious mind, before she was corrupted, yeah. allowed mm-hmm. people to die for her True. studies and stuff. You know, um, so there's a spectrum there. Um, thank you guys for uh, pivoting to Tom Talks in this mm-hmm. episode. It really did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I do think it's really necessary before we move any further into this lab. But speaking of good people getting further corrupted, we have two people that gained further manifestations. Um, we need to talk about that for a second. So uh, let's start with Mike as somebody who says that anybody who's corrupted is irredeemable. What is your okay, new manifestation? That is absolutely not what I said. The way the characters are written and the way corruptions have worked for us as players are not the same thing. Just making it do. Uh, just don't mischaracterize me, motherfucker. Um, we and we won't have no bits. problems. Yeah. Remember? For the bits. Right, we do for the bits. That's not well, a bit. You're bits. just wrong. Uh, okay. So, He's Mike, playing a bit uh, right now. not wanting to... Shut the fuck up. Mike, not wanting uh, to... Uh, I don't know, necessarily go down... The, maybe the expected path you know like i think there's there's a couple that work like the mechanics of the the um corruptions like there are some that have prerequisites right so some are cut off uh but but some kind of fit better than others i really liked unnerving gaze for mike Mm -hmm. um which is i you have to have frightful which i do but you get a gaze attack that causes foes within 30 feet of you to become shaken for 1d3 rounds unless they save will uh, save at a will save. Mm. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah, and then the stain is you have an unsettling aura. So basically you suck at bluffing diplomacy. And I was like, well, that's not a drawback at all because I suck at those anyways. <laughs> right? uh, makes notes to change right. the drawback. Yeah. <laughs> Just rewrite uh, the yeah, whole final I, encounter yeah. where it's mm-hmm. all bluffing diplomacy. Yeah, yeah but I, I really liked it. Like the, the I will say the, the unnerving gaze... Um, if someone saves against it, they're immune for uh, 24 hours. So, like, it's it's kind of a, a save or suck thing. But it's the p- possibility is there that we start a fight, and if there's a lot of enemies in a relatively, you know, mm-hmm. recent, or, or not recent, but nearby radius, like, you could sh- make all of them shake. Yeah. Start mm-hmm. the fight off with everybody 
you know, have like already dealing with the status effect. And I, yeah. I really like that. And also like a lot of attention has been paid to like how scary Mike looks, you know, mm-hmm. and since his mm-hmm. corruption has come through. Yeah, I think it's a good choice. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. John, what about you? Kuiper, who's just been failing and taking it all just in. Just been dealing with it since day one of season two, it seems like with this whole corruption shit. But I, I don't think dealing with it. I think he's been leaning into it. Uh, yeah, I mean, y'all talk shit more, about much Shiva. more lately. Much oh, more you're lately. You're one to talk. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Takes so, one to no one. <laughs> right. Right. Kuiper. Uh, well, the corruption that uh, Kuiper received uh, is called pain refuge. No, the corruption that you have is shadow corruption. Oh, shadow the corruption. The manifestation okay. that ah. you chose. Uh, okay. Actually, I, I, no. <laughs> retake. Retake. <laughs> The no, corruption. Really? No, that's staying in. <laughs> the corruption that Kuiper wrong res- again the, the <laughs> received a manifestation developed a manifestation. There you okay. go. Okay, got it. Uh, <laughs> that is referred to as pain refuge. And, oh, you took uh, pain refuge. Oh, we're familiar with that. Yeah. Why did you take pain refuge? The lines between pleasure and pain. No, no, you don't have to blur it. for you. We know it. I think no, we're sh- all familiar. Sh- I want to know so, why you took it. All right. So the reason why I took it was we're getting closer to Dr. Gagant to resolving this issue and inevitably like to the core, the heart of darkness. And now I look, I know that that is a fucking pun and I get it. Oh, it's but a as really great as, book. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what actually I'm referring to is here is that like, even though it's kind of a shitty pun in this situation, like, look, I can't help but feel like, Captain Willard getting closer to approaching Colonel Kurtz, you know? And as shit gets more and more crazy, as, like, in, if, if you remember in, in uh, uh, the movie, um, with. You mean the book? Yeah, the book and the movie. But I lean more towards the, the book and the. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, not the book, but the, uh, the movie. I haven't actually read the book. Um, but. The movie is I love the vagueness of this whole conversation. <laughs> so we're talking about the closer we get by Joseph Conrad and Apocalypse Now. The right. movie. For so, those of you who haven't oh, tracked, I haven't where we're at. read or seen either of those. So. Okay. See, oh, that's where it's on the list. That, like mm, it is. that 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 Kuiper was one step closer to the edge. He was about to break. Yes, that oh also. God. You said oh, that not whiskey in a jar. <laughs> So, legitimately got a face palm from uh-huh. Adam. I love it. The, so, like, the closer we get, the more darkness that we're exposed to, right? Um, and so, and I feel like instead of simply being incapable of deflecting the darkness at this point, I mean, just because the sheer amount that we're being exposed to, it's almost in a way that, yeah, not only are you incapable, but leaning into it, almost accepting it in a fucked up way, you know? And because just you've been dealing with this for such a long time, eventually you are going to break, you know? One step closer. You're right, you're right. right. Josh and I both looked at the camera like, and uh, you were right. I was hoping you'd pick up on that, Josh. Oh, got it. Got it. It was subtle, but we got it. Oh, BB, I'm with you. Well, good stuff, y'all. Truly, good stuff. Um, do you want to actually make some progress in the story this episode? Or? Can we get another inspiration? No. No? Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I, just I wouldn't mind going through a door. There is a door to go through. Uh, yeah. If I recall, I we blew it open. 
Uh, you, you did. blew it up. Yeah. You did. I like you the royal Wait, week, but okay. I, would, I wanted to address something, though, real quick. Like, when she was reading the book, uh, Tenna, uh-huh. You said it took like twenty or thirty minutes. Does that mean yeah, Trey gets minutes, a short yeah. gets a short rest? If you'd like one, sure. Let's see, twenty one. You want to spend yeah. that resolve, yeah. dog? How many do you have left? I've got seven resolve. Ooh, Ooh boy. Well, and you don't have a stamina healer, so. Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's mm-hmm. like you pretty much have to do it. So yeah, I would, I would, I'll go ahead and take advantage of that. Yeah. God, imagine taking damage in a fight. Oh there have been a lot of cases lately where it's just been like, man, if we had Orin or if we had Ziva. Hey, Josh. We are missing the two of them. Where the hell are they? Just goofing off somewhere. Yeah. Fucking around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get your shit together. I put the book in my bag. and. Alright, roll a corruption save. Nuh-uh. <laughs> so gonna, I'm gonna argue just with that, you. Just that face, like, no, uh, no, uh. Every so this, every minute, it's in your possession. <laughs> a new new corruption save. Right, right. I put so it down. There, there's a, a a lack of a southern door, so to speak, because it was blown away. Um, it says y'all. It says y'all. <laughs> <laughs> No, it says use guys. Uh, oh, use guys. Yeah, door. lack uh, of a southern door. Okay, yeah, yeah. Use guys. Nice window. You gonna use guys? Gonna open actually. me? I went down you to the door. <laughs> I didn't go through the door, but I'm looking through the door. What is it? Is it a hall? It is totally a hall. Hell yeah! yeah <laughs> I love I'm all about halls. Freaking love halls. You guys, there's a hall down here. Um, no way. I go rest, in. I rest in, in peace, Scott Hall. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm Razor not Ramon, Razor Ramon, Ramon dude. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. Okay, so I step Trail down in. Be behind you. I got you back. I'm not going first. I'm just trying to move the party. So Mike, like, I'm going. Somebody what are you went in for? The door is clearly not an object anymore. I wish I wish our listeners could see the struggle of these five tokens trying to get into the pool. We have mastered a giant desk, and now we are struggling with a lack of a door. So we have a a five-person party trying to squeeze into a four-square hallway. There's exactly five squares. There's exactly five squares. Yeah, well, five squares if you include the open door that Emily blew open. Yeah. Love is an elevator. I am including that. I had thought love was an elevator. I open the door. Slow your shit. I need you to take a long, slow shit on that door. Hold on. No! Uh, <laughs> sir, this is not a Waffle House, right? <laughs> uh, so this is a Wendy's. A Wendy's? Right. Oh, uh, so, Mike, you open the door. You open the door. You do. You do open the door because it is unlocked, so you can do that with no problem. Um, as you pass through into this room, it's like walking into an explosion in a laboratory frozen in time. Shattered glass vials and liquid hang in midair and arcs of electricity flicker from exploding machines. A flurry of half-burned papers covered in diagrams and formulae are suspended throughout the laboratory. The smell of ozone floods the room, and a constant low rumble assaults the ears. In the very center of this room, you see a haggard 
and somewhat mutilated figure. Her body, wounded and bleeding from paper-thin cuts. Their coat, smoking from acid and chemical burns. And her arms, run through with scalpels and glass. Here you see Dr. Gargant in her most frustrated, youthful form. And we'll see you. I suspected yeah. we would. I suspected we would. I'd go kick her. No. <laughs> <laughs> Whip that ass. You say I suspected that. <laughs>